You're listening to the 9 a.m. Sunday School class led by Pastor Greg Voorhees at Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, Sunday, June 18, 2023. For more information about SVBC, you can visit their website, svbcfamily.com, or find them on all things social at svbcfamily. To uh, dive right in here. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Father, I just, just thank you for this time. God, I just ask that you bless our, our, our lesson as we continue in on lesson four. God, I just ask if there's anything you want us to see, have your Holy Spirit reveal it to our heart so that we can be more and more like Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, where we left off last week, um, we, we talked about the different characters um, there is a. Uh, we're going to be starting on page seventy-five here in question five. What What's your come to Jesus story? Because you know, we were talking about we talked about Mary Magdalene, Nicodemus, Matthew, um, Peter, how they were one thing, then they were something else, and the thing that was in, in in the in the middle was 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 Jesus. So who wants to share with us the I was, but God. And now, who who wants to who would like to open up by sharing the pre-Jesus you, what God has done for you, and and now kind of where you are now. Kind of generic. I think most people would have something really simple. I I wrote down I was lost, wandering, following the world, and relying on myself. But God protected me throughout. I didn't. I don't think there's anything generic at all about that. That's a very good. That's a very good description of of of, of ever walk before Christ, and, and he puts godly people in our lives, and and then how he how he works into making us who he wants us to be. That's not generic at all. Barbara. Still, you know, um, still feel like I'm lacking. So I want to know him. 
I mean, it's not about feelings. I do know that. But I told a guy, Harold, uh, somebody that came through you, I said, it really would be nice to have that feeling. Have that feeling that you really know. And I'm sure that does happen. Uh, and I know when I had cancer, I did feel that way with me. But, uh, you know, you go along, you do, and you're doing everything that you're doing. Right? But, and you're praying, you're saying, Lord, do you, do you hear me? But yet he's answered prayers, and I know he does. But just have doubts, you know, because we, we are human, and we never think we're good enough. And that's Satan. You know, once you're saved, you acknowledge your sins, and you act like it. You Absolutely. And what you're describing is a, a very typical Mary Martha type contrast. I, I don't think I don't think Martha's love for Christ was any less than Mary's, but but Martha showed showed it to Christ in a different way. The, the and, and granted, he he was like, you know, okay, spend some time with me. He, you know, so so sometimes we can in their busyness, you know, miss you know, miss things, but. But it's just like, and this goes back to the Dr. Gary Chapman book, The Five Love Languages. You, you, you know, the, uh, he describes five different ways that people show love to other people. And, 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 and having that reciprocated back to them in that same way is how you show them love. But one of those, one of those five love languages is actually acts of service. You know, so some people show their love by, by service. And and likewise, they, that's how they also usually they feel love back is is when people you, you know do things for them, but 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 no, it's it's a lot of what you're saying resounds resounds very deeply in anybody's in ministry too because sometimes you just get so busy 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 and, and it's for all the right reasons, but you know sometimes we have to. Figure out how to slow it down just a little bit, you know, to absorb just kind of that that, that blessing, you know. That I, I think Martha was a good woman. We need to remember who we're doing the serving for. Absolutely, and that that actually happens with pastors, um, where it, it, it's they get so wound up in the service of the Lord that they that they kind of start missing the the relationship with the Lord. It's not that they're, and, and again, it's, it's not that they're, you know, intentionally missing any type of mark or anything. It, it's, again, if it's your love language to serve, you, you know, your natural inclination is to want to serve, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but sometimes, sometimes we have to learn, as what Gary Chapman talks about, the secondary love language. Sometimes we have to maybe try to embrace the second love language. And, and another one of those is, is, is quality time. You know, so maybe if we're, you know, very service oriented, you know, sometimes we have to try to learn to speak that that second language. You know, like my buddy Jeff here is bilingual; he speaks two languages. You know, sometimes you need to, sometimes you need to be able to try to learn maybe that that um, quality time um, love language too, so we we that we learn to spend quality time with the Lord. And what does that even look like? Now, it's easy to say, but what does that look like? Quality time I, I've learned for me, it's, it's going to look different, you know, for everybody. But for me, now it's when I take the dogs out. You know, I can see sometimes when there's why in the world does it take him two hours to take the dogs out? The, the, the uh, 
that's that's a lot of my prayer time. A lot of my, you know, just kind of chilling time and talking with God. Say, okay, God, what in the heck's going on? You know, or you know, thank you, Lord. You know, that's 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 during my my dog takeout time. You know, it, it, it's sometimes you know before that it was when I worked at Berryville. I would t- I would set side, I would go to the water tower and sit there sometimes and just you know where nobody was around nobody and, and just just talk to him and and, and it's I mean, he loves that he, you know and that's the cool thing about God God is 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 proficient in all languages earthly languages and he's proficient in all love languages so but he he loves. He loves when we try to spend time. So that's, and that that might just be something to think about. You know, maybe I should be, you know, a little more purposeful about, you know, not having having to check off. You know, I wanted to read the entire book of Corinthians by the by the end of the week, or you're not, or or, or having some type of an agenda because it's so easy for service people to have agendas. They just to say, okay, Lord, you know. Maybe it's just a time of meditation. You know, was you know, just just thinking, like, God, you're you're such you're such a cool God. You know, you're you're such you, you've done you've done some you've done some awesome things in, in my life. Just just praising, you, you know, and and sometimes it might take something like that. You, you know, that slowing down the focus on nothing but but the appreciating the the emotional side of God and the in the loving side of God, to take that time to maybe feel some of that back, he, you know, and that's like I said, Mary and Martha. I'm I'm not knocking on either one of them, he, you know. If we wanted to be, if we wanted to do the typical, you know, um, church judgment, only say, well, that Martha. I mean, she she was just too busy, 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 and missing. That Mary, she was just reckless. She nothing would ever get done if we were all Marys, you, you know. But that's that that that's, but that we have to we have to understand that. That that this is this is the way people relate love to, to to God, and sometimes we have to maybe learn that second love language. This is using Gary Chapman's, you know, his his kind of his his thought process, but it makes sense because when we become bilingual in a, in a love language, you know, especially, and this just doesn't apply to your spouses. I, I mean, we speak love languages to God. He, you know, we serve God with with a service love language. You know, some of us are big givers. We, we you know, we, we go way beyond the tithe, and you know, because that's a love language, gift giving. You know, that that's or, or we're giving stuff to people. You know, so, so we we relate to God in this these ways that we understand love too. So, you know, but sometimes we, we need to try to be very, very purposeful in learning a second love language to maybe help us feel that a little more. And it's not always easy. Was Spanish easy for you to learn? It takes a while. It takes a while. I don't mean it's, it's, Jeff's probably going to be afraid to come back here because I'm always putting him on the spot. But it, Jeff and I were in small group together. We did this, this study together, so it, it's it's just kind of a natural conversation between he and I. Because this this is a long this is a long time type thing. But it's it takes time sometimes, and sometimes we need to really be purposeful about carving out that time of. Uh, with with God to to show him that 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 quality time, he, you know, because it's all of our emotions and the way we relate to each other, and, and this is the big thing about being made in the image of God, you, you know, 
so often we, we, we get this idea that it's hard for us to understand God. And, and there are parts of God that for me are just impossible to understand. Absolute unconditional love, I, I mean, it, it's really, really nice to talk about, but do you really, really understand somebody who loves you who, for, for no other reason other than who you are? Absolutely, and that's and that's true. That and that's and that goes back to that God-sized whole thing that I've talked about a lot in Sunday school and and then in church. The you, you know every single one of us have that 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 void in us, and it's built there intentionally. God puts it there, you, you know, so that you will seek Him out. You, you, you know, that's that's not an accident. You know, when people look for drugs, sex, you know, alcohol, whatever the case is, because they're trying to fill the void, those are ungodly ways of attempting to fill a void. But the void is a godly thing. God, that's part of your design. and that, that, That's the way he motivates you to seek him out, he, you know, or, or the long... And, and, I've, and I've talked about this. This is why, why do you see like the Mayans, you know, worshiping the sun? You, you, you know, they didn't know Yahweh, but, but they still had, because they were no different than us, they still had that thing built in them to, to look for something bigger than themselves to, to engage with. So that, that's, that, that God-sized hole, you, you know, we try to fill it in many ways. You know, these disconnected civilizations that have no idea who Yahweh is. I mean, they, they still attempted to connect, you know, with a higher... This is, this is a recovery thing, but it's, it's not just a recovery thing. They try to connect with a higher power. You know, something bigger than themselves who, who, who would, that they could engage with. You know, so that, that's a God-sized hole. You know, that's what I talk about when I, when I talk about that. But but some of God isn't really a, really isn't a mystery, you, you know, because sometimes we try to complicate Him more than what He needs to be complicated. Because you were created in the image of God, a lot of the things that you think and feel, it, it, it's it's because you were created in the image of God. The fact that you become angry about things, do you think God becomes angry? Oh, we see the anger of God in the Bible. You know, so we can relate to the fact that when we are hurt, like God has been hurt, and we see it all through all throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament, hurt by His chosen people over and over and over. When when He is hurt, it, it, it can, even though He's a super 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 patient God, it can eventually evoke anger. We can get that about Him. We see it in ourselves. The the the, the quality time thing. You know what I was talking about. You know, we can understand. Why would we want quality time? You know, because we were made in the image of God. God wants quality time with you. You know, that is something that is built in you that is in His likeness. So there are many things in you 
that they are also in God. So it's, it's easier to understand God when we understand ourselves because of that, that made in the, in the image of Him. The difference between God and us, other than the fact that He's God in us, that's, that's super obvious, is the fact that our emotions and our feelings and all these things are tainted by a sin nature and they're, we, we wrestle with the flesh. God doesn't deal with that. You, you know, so what God's responses are pure. His judgments are pure. Everything about God is pure and holy because you know, that part of God is where it becomes understanding. Because it's hard to me, sometimes it's hard for me to relate to His holiness because I'm so unholy. <laughs> you know, if that, makes, if that makes any sense. But there are, there are parts of God that just, it makes so much more sense when I understand myself. When I, when I think about my, you know, a child, you know, when I think about, and, and of course, Sue teasing me about Lexi being my little princess. Of course, even though she, she's, she's not little anymore, <laughs> three decades. But the, I remember when she was little, you know, the, the, when she would come, and, and I would still carry her around at four or five, maybe even six years old, who knows? Seven, maybe. Because that was, that was part of that, that, that bonding, that, that, that connection, that relationship. God, that is, that is something that God also feels. God wants us to come to Him the same way that Lexi did to me when she was small. Yes. And is, is acceptance important to God? You know, the only way that you can buy yourself a ticket to hell is not accepting God. <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't have a fear of rejection like we do. And that's, that's kind of the difference between dealing with the, the, the flesh, the wrangle, the stuff we deal with as opposed to God. But acceptance is very important. I, I mean, he laid this thing out so that he was even sacrificed his own son, so that it would be so easy for us to accept him, but we still, if we reject him, that's, that's the only way somebody goes to hell, is to, ref- is to reject God's gift. Uh, I mean, it's so, so even our, our need for acceptance, you know, even though he doesn't, some of the things that we have that are needs, they aren't necessarily needs for God, but, but you see what I'm saying. You know, we can understand that, 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 that desire to be accepted because we, we, we wrangle with that. You, you know, it, it's, you know, any emotion that we, 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 we talk about, that we struggle with or whatever, these are things that are built in God too, but just in, not built because He wasn't created, but you know what I'm saying. They're in God. So it's easier for us to understand even, even if we didn't have the Bible. Thank God we have the Bible. We can understand to a degree the things that make God happy and sad and mad based on our relationship with other people. You know, when, you know, when we reject you know, another human being, they get hurt or angry. You, know, you reject God, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's not a good thing. You, you know, we, we see it in our, our relationship with others. We love for when love is reciprocated. God loves when love is reciprocated. 
You know, so there's so many things about God that, that, that really aren't a mystery. If, if we understand the fact that we are built in His likeness, and, and a lot of these things that we feel, He feels just without the, the cloud of the flesh that, that, we, that we struggle with. And, and that's the really cool thing about the difference between His holiness and, and, and me not being holy in myself, is the fact that all of my shortcomings... He has the ability to fill those and, and make, be made perfect. In my weakness, his, his, his strength is made perfect. You, you know, so when I, when I find, when I find that, that I recognize the differences between he and I, and I lean in him to, to, to fix those things, that, that makes me a better, stronger person. So the, the, kind of the, the me before Jesus, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the... Um, I was young. I was a teenager. I wasn't young, 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 but, but I mean, I was, you know, in the scheme of things, now that I'm in my 50s, the teens are still very, very young. The, I grew up in church. So the, the me before Jesus, even though I was in church, as a child I got it. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about children's ministry. You know, even though my wife tries to distract my children's people. <laughs> children's ministry is so incredibly important because the first huge seed that I remember in my adult life was in children's church at Pikeside United Methodist Church. If y'all came to my mom's funeral, it was in that downstairs basement in, in the children's department. So children's ministry is ginormous. But, but... So I had that upbringing, and, and, I, rem and I did ask Jesus as a, as a small child, you know, following David Cook's lead, the kind of the worship guy, you know, hey, clean my heart, Jesus. You know, come to my heart, clean my heart. But when I made a, a purposeful decision, you know, I'm this way, and, and I want to be a different way because of Jesus, was, I was a teenager, a fishnet. Somewhere between come into my heart as a child to, I need you, you know, as, as a teenager, became a person who didn't really understand the need for God. It was one of these things that, and it wasn't because he was unimportant in a way, it, it's kind of like, God for me was kind of like the car in your garage. You, you know, he was, the car was just always in the garage. So I know if I needed the car, I could go out and turn it on and go do my thing. You, you, you know that was that that was kind of the way I treated God, and and, and it, it, it reflected in the way that I treated people. You, you know, and it reflected in, in the way I responded to things. But the but for me that that moment was there at Fishnet. I, I mean, again, back then I was an athlete. I wasn't wearing things like slings, and you know, made noises when I stood up. You know. The, the so when John Jacobs and the power team came and they were these these these, these weightlifting you know preachers, they would do these funny things that, that you know like break ball bats and handcuffs and you know bust things of ice off their head. I was it was hook line and sinker for me. I mean these guys were just like they were they were like oh my goodness these these were warrior men you know and you know, even when I was a kid I thought I was a warrior you know. But when John Jacobs was talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming, and when he was, I, I just, I felt the, the Holy Spirit for the first time. It was, it was, he would talk about the rushing of the wind, and it's like, it, 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 
I didn't hear a wind, but it felt like one was going through me. You, you know, it was really, really, I mean, it brought me to my knees and I cried like a baby. You, you know, so that, that was, so the but God, even, even when I didn't recognize or appreciate who he was, he still chased after me. You, you know, and that's, that, that, that's the really cool thing. And, and, the, and now, the, the and now part of this is, and, and now I, I strive to understand him, and, 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 I, and, I, and I love him, and, and, I, and I, all of these things. The, now that I had the benefit of a decades of a relationship with the Lord, I also see how you know, love even matures. You know, even in the beginning, in the beginning of my relationship, I had that giddy love with God. He, you know, the guy that just, you know, just, just wanted to tell everybody about, you know, my Jesus and was throwing out of malls and, and, and would answer phones, hallelujah, all this, 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 this crazy stuff, because it was just that giddy love in the beginning. And as time has gone on, you know, sometimes I wish that giddy love, sometimes you still miss that. <laughs> Because sometimes you still need that. David got that. Restored in me the love, of, or the, restored in me the joy of my salvation. So, so even David got sometimes that 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 giddy love. You know, when you're first with your first love, that that's still necessary. But I find my conversations with God being very, very different. You, you, you know, it, it's not exactly a meeting of the mind because I don't have a mind compared to his. But 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 the things that I talk about to God are more mature than they were. When I was when I was in in the giddy love phase, you, you know, I, I talk about being in the center of His will. I talk about God. Things are going on. I am like a lost ball in tall weeds here. I need direction. You, you, you know, that's something that more mature love, you, you know, looks to looks to the Father. Not so much just for the you know the giddy love. You, like I said, I'm not playing that down. That's so important. But you start looking to God for direction. You know, even last night, I posted something on Facebook late about my, you know, my dad. So my daughter texted me. I don't even know why she was up, you know, that late. Something about student loans. You, you know, so you know why is that? Because even in our relationship, we're both more mature people. Now she's coming to me with things that are more adult-like. So now I'm coming to God with things that are more adult-like. But the, the the thing that's but the after God, you get to appreciate him so much more when you get time under your belt with God. You, you, you know, not to it, because it, it's it moves beyond the emotion. You know, the emotion's great, but but it's what's really cool though, is when it moves beyond the 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 emotion. To where the point where when I come to God, I get that I'm speaking to the creator of the universe and he has the ability to do anything and far beyond my wildest imagination. You, you know, so, so uh, and it, it also I, it helps me get that now that I've got decades, that, that the end now that I am a child of God, that because of the sacrifice of Christ, that, that, that temple veil was torn from top to the bottom, and my Father welcomes me into the holiest place to engage with Him in the name of Jesus. 
You, you, you know, that, that's, and, and I talked about that even in, 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 in a sermon one time, and it kind of was fleshing out as I was talking about it. But what's even, even cooler, cooler and I've never read anything about it, but the more I think about it, I still see the truth in it. Not only is it cool that, that we had the ability to enter into the, the holy places of God, where was the, what was the Holy of Holies? It was that place where the Shekinah presence of God existed, you know, where He manifested Himself to interact with people. And, and, and when that separation came, we were able to enter it. But what's the, what happened after Pentecost? We, He began to tabernacle in us. So, and I'm still batting this thing around in my head. You realize technically the Holy of Holies technically lives in us now. You know, before it was a place where you had to enter into, but he's entered into us now. So the, that, that holiest place where you had only a few could go, and, and they can only do it at certain times, and enter in that place where the physical presence of God was. The Holy Spirit does that in us now. This place in us is that place that nobody else was even allowed to go into before before the sacrifice of Christ and the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. You know, so, so sometimes, and the reason I bring all this up, I'm not, I'm not preaching Easter again, is when you become more mature in, in Christ, you start thinking about deeper things. So, so the, 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 the before me treated Christ like a, the car in the garage, whenever I needed him, you know, I could call on him. But God chased me, even made me realize the need, even when I didn't see the need. And, and now I've gone through that giddy stage to that point where I, I'm, I'm pondering God on, on, a, on a depth and a level that I never would have even understood 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, that's the cool thing about God. You, you, you know, and here's the, and this is the other cool thing about God. I could live to be a million years old and I'm still not going to completely get it all. <laughs> because he's just that big. I, I, I mean, I, I, oh my, my brother Shane's here. The, the, even, you know, I, I, my brother and I tease each other about the size of our brains, but even if I was like those, those Martians on the sci-fi things that had the brain that was like super, super, I couldn't, I couldn't hold everything about God in there. You know, he's just that cool. Anybody else? No, I've ran my mouth so much. The before God, the but God, and, and the now. No. Going once? Going twice? All righty, let's see. What was that? Sold, yes. Uh, ta -ta -ta -ta. Let me get my Bible. We're going to read Luke 5, 1 through 11. We're going to look at what we're looking for, and then we'll read it. The moment Simon realized he was completely unworthy to be in Jesus' presence was also the moment he left everything behind to follow Jesus and remain in his, his presence. Explain the correlation. Okay, Luke 5, 1 through 11. Uh oh, somebody gave me a card for you, Sue. <laughs> Whoops. And if the person in this room gave it to me to give it to her, I'm sorry. <laughs> Luke 5. 
I hate this sling. I hate this sling. Alrighty. It says this. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, however you say that, that's another thing. It doesn't matter how long you study this stuff, you still don't know how to say these names. With the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw on the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. He then sat down and taught the people from the boat. You know, why would he do that? That actually helps, that actually helps amplify his voice. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't called anything, but because you said so, I will let down the nets. When, it, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Where else have we seen that? An Old Testament prophet? Isaiah. You know, I'm, I'm, woe, woe is me, I'm, I'm a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, so we were, uh, so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. That's actually, the, in The Chosen, that scene is probably one of my favorite scenes. The guy that plays Peter does such a good job on that scene. So the moment Simon realized he was completely unworthy to be Jesus, in Jesus' presence, he was also the moment he led everything behind to follow Jesus and remain in his presence. What, what's that connection? What's that correlation between that moment when we realize that we're unworthy to be in his presence and the, and the fact that that's the time we want to stay in his presence? It absolutely does. I think sometimes when we see him for who he is and we get who we are, he'd be crazy not to want to stay with him. You know, and for Simon, you know, it's it was fish. You know, he was a fisherman. Jesus, Jesus was so good about connecting with people in ways that they understood. But the one thing Simon did understand is he'd worked all night long and didn't catch a single stinking fish. You, you, you know, so he understood his power, his power, powerlessness, or his inability. You, you know, and, and even though this is a this is almost like an object lesson, a physical, but it, but it but the, it parallels something here in the spirit side. He realized that his inability to catch a single fish that night, but but as soon as he listened to the master and did what the master said, his his boat began to sink because it couldn't hold all the fish. He realized the, the power or the abilities of of this Messiah, I, I, and I think that happens in our lives on, on on a parallel spiritual side. You know, when we finally realize that we're not, and thank God, you realize the Holy Spirit does this because nobody comes to the Father unless He, he calls them. 
You, you, you know, so the fact that you recognize this is because the Holy Spirit has done His thing. And, and just the fact that you see this is also a gift from God. But when the Holy Spirit reveals to us that God sighs whole, when, when the Holy Spirit reveals to us how, how we're kind of like this little ant guy, and God is like this great big monstrous huge you know, infinite guy. When the Holy Spirit reveals that and we understand how imperfect or unholy we are and how perfect and holy He is, look, we naturally will gravitate to that, to that thing, or God in this case, that, that will help us, help us in our shortcomings, to help us where we are so short, He can be so strong. You know, so that 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 reckon that 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 need, the seeing that need, you know, when we see that difference between he and I, it's it's just it's just so natural to gravitate toward God because he feels he feels. That's all, I'm not sure if that's West Virginia or just me. He fills all those little nooks and crannies where we were missing. You know, all. Of, Wherever all the ways that we were weak when we were struggling with different things, you know, whether that be, you know, drugs or alcohol or pornography or or pride, you know, there's we could name a thousand sins, regardless of what those things that we were struggling with. When we realize in, in our own selves we are unable to fight these things, but He can give us the strength to overcome. We will engage with Him more and more. And that's that's that that correlation. I just it just seems so natural when we realize we're so short that that he's so that, that he's so perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's, and, and to be honest, it's probably when it's, it's, that would be probably the easiest time for him to, to be of accepting when we realize how much we really need him. He, he, you know, that, that story with Isaiah that I was referencing, he, he, you know, when they touched the, uh, you know, the, took the hot coal off the altar and touched his lips and, oh, I'm, a, I'm from a people of unclean lips, he, he, you know, he's, when we sometimes it's 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 not only easier for us to accept God when we realize how much we need Him. The that's also the time when I think God appreciates us as much because that's when we have that childlike faith. You know, when we realize how unworthy or how you know insignificant without Him we are, and how. You, you, and how much we are with him. You know, you basically go from, I mean, basically, I, I would say a nothing to a very much something. Using biblical terms, you go from being a child of the devil to a child of the king when, when you make that, have that realization and accept Christ as your Savior. You, you know, when you realize of that unworthiness, and, and, and it's, 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 it's so easy to have the faith. To, to step into that life when you realize how short you are and how tall he is. And, and, and he, loves, he loves that when we realize he, you know, that connection, how much we need that connection. 
Because even though God doesn't need us, He wants us. But I can tell you we absolutely need Him. You know, so that's, so God, I think God appreciates when, we, when we're in that position and we realize our need. We're on 76. We'll, we'll jump on this and then we'll pray and close her out. It says, uh, following Jesus means surrendering to Him. What do the words surrender and even more controversial submission mean to you? What's it mean to surrender or, or to submit to Christ? Giving it all up. Absolutely. To to surrender is to, is to give it all up. To to say not my will, but yours be done. The. the in submission, like I said, that that can be a that can be a, a hairy word, but that is what it is. It, it's to submit not to our own wants, our own desires, our own whatever. It, it's to want to submit to the to the to the the, the rule of of Christ. And, and you know that's the beautiful thing about, and I I can say rule. You know, very as in lordship, very easily because it's it, it's so easy to submit to the lordship or the rule of a, of a God who's always has my own interest always at, at, at heart. God, God doesn't, and that's the that's one of the cool things that only God could work out. You, you know how God can. Can take all of our circumstances and our situations, and even if they're very different and they have very different outcomes, how he can weave these things together so that all things work to the good for those who love Jesus and are called according to His purpose. That's a God thing. It, it's it's. I think it's a little bit easier to submit to a God who always works things for the good. Not and again, that's another whole sermon. It's not saying everything that happens is good. But but he has a way of working the bad things into good things, even if it's just from the lessons that we've that we've gathered, or the or sometimes building maturity, or patience, or long suffering in us. You know, whatever whatever the case would may be, God has the the, the absolute ability to take horrible things and, and make us better for it, and that's something only He can do. I can tell you, there's there's science, and as much as I love science, you all know I'm a science nerd. But as much as I love science, science can't do that for you. You, you know, your medical doctor, your psychiatrist, your therapist—they can't do that for you. Only God can take everything and, and make it work to the good for those who love Jesus and are called according to His purpose. And let me tell you what—that that little thing—it sounds like oh, there's there's strings to attach. Called according to His purpose. Let me tell you what: if you are called to love Jesus. You are called according to His purpose. So that's every believer. God has a plan for every single person in this room and every single believer. So if you have ever cried out to Christ and asked Him into your heart, you are called according to His purposes. That's not just something saved for ordained people. That's not just something, you know, that passage is about everybody. It's just not preachers and pastors and priests and anything else that's out there or bishops, or whatever the case may be. 
If you have accepted Christ, you are called according to His purpose, and He is working something cool in your life, even when it doesn't look like it, even when it doesn't feel like it. And that's where feelings can be very deceptive. We sometimes gauge God's success on how it makes us feel. It has nothing to do with how it makes us feel. Because sometimes the best lessons I have learned in life, I've learned through pain. He, you know, and it's not that he inflicted it on me. He let me, stuck my, he let me set my foot in the bear trap because I had something to learn from setting my foot in the bear trap. <laughs> he, you know, so, but that's, but God, some, he works all of those things. You know, even, that's the funny thing even with scars. He, you know, we do things and inflict injury on ourselves and we get scars. You know, that scar tissue sometimes, especially when it gets thicker and thicker and thicker, it can be stronger than, than, than the original skin. You, you know, so sometimes even scars, even scars aren't a bad thing. Not, even though I got this great big ginormous ugly one right down the middle of me where they had to split me open like a melon to figure out what was happening in my belly. That thing builds character. You know, every time every time I go to take a shower and I look down, I, I have a I have a a an object lesson of God's grace in my life. Because every surgeon that I've ever talked to and every nurse I've ever talked to, all of them have said, "You should be dead." In fact, we had one. We had a neighbor. We I, I ran into. She was an OR nurse. And I ran into her after all this happened. She says, pen-sized whole perforated ulcers kill people. I had one, the surgeon could stick three fingers into my stomach, and it didn't kill me. Oh, I, they didn't expect me to live. So sometimes scars, even our scars are object lessons or, or beautiful pictures of, of God's grace in our life. So let us pray. And then we will get ready for church. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just, I just ask that you just continue to bless us, Lord, make us more like Jesus. Lord, if we need to learn a secondary love language, and I'm sure all of us do, if, if we need to become more bilingual in love, God, help us be that. Let your Holy Spirit teach us to be stronger in another one of these love languages so we, we, can, we can relate to you even more. God, thank you that, thank you that, that, that you didn't remain a mystery that, that, that to us, that you revealed yourself to us, not only in your word, but through your Son, and even in, in what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, God. Lord, we just thank you, we love you, we appreciate you, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.